0: You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Happy Thursday, everybody, and welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Pacers podcast, where we, of course, talk about the Indiana Pacers, as always. My name is Tony East. I cover the team for Forbes and the West Side Community News. And it felt good to say happy Thursday. Haven't done that in a few weeks. Today, we're getting back on the mailbag train. It was supposed to be a week of three mailbag episodes. But yesterday, we broke down the TJ Warren injury that some of you may be here for if you're looking for that. Go back one episode and the Nate Hinton signing. So if you're looking for the latest Pacers news, we got you covered. Yesterday, got something up tonight. night. The news came out. We're con- continuing on with the mailbag today and joining me, of course, too. Answer all your questions from Twitter, some of which are about TJ Warren, which will now be a little different answers. My lovely co-host, former Indy Corners writer extraordinaire Adam Friedman. Adam, how's it going?
0: Going pretty well. We are back-to-back days on each other for the first time in a while.
1: Right, three in a row for the first time in a while.
0: Tomorrow, oh, God. It might, be few, too, I might, it might be too much of you for me, Tony. I know. I know. Well, yeah. too much.
1: In football season. Yeah, tomorrow we'll be talking during an NFL game, which is going to be super weird. Uh, but yes, we are back on the mailbag train, and we're just going to jump right into these. Some of these were asked pre-worn injury announcement. Some of these were asked pre-Nate Hinton signing about the last roster spot. Keep that in mind, and we'll still talk about it as if it's freshly relevant, but just keep that in mind. As we go through these, but first up is a hard hitter from Tim Hartog at Tim underscore Hartog 86. What finish in the conference and or playoff performance does the team need to have for you to call the season a success?
0: Adam, I will let you go first. Oof. Well, so does this change with Warren being out? I mean, does it really? Not really for me. Okay. So I'd I do you need the same answer here either way. Okay. I think for it to be a success, I have to make the playoffs again. They have to for probably sure. They definitely have to probably win between 45 and 50 games or 45 and up, I guess. I mean, it's fair to say, um, although I guess if they made, it depends where the seeds are, right? Like if either 45 wins or a top, let's call it six seed, right? If they're, if, if 44 wins is the four seed, I'm not going to be like, oh, oh no, they didn't win 45. Um, and then a competitive first round uh, playoffs would be a success for me.
1: I think the same. I was going to say competitive first round series. And I know fans will go, you know, oh, they, you know not winning around is not a an success. And I get that that sentiment for sure. But to me, like the gap between what happened in 2018 at the end of that year when they lost in game seven of the Cavs and people were like, oh, my gosh, they're one player away from the second or th- round or even a, a lucky break from the finals run. And then they got Tyreek Evans versus the end of 2020 when they get swept by the heat and everyone's like, wow, they have a lot of work to do is drastic, right? Like even winning just yep. three games in the postseason really changes the way a team is viewed, how players around the league view that team and are in their willingness to join them and help. So, you know, that matters to, to the, the league and the, and players as a whole. So I think that would be a success despite the fact that, you know, for fans losing in the first round, again, would feel like a failure, especially given the core that they have.
0: Yeah. I think I have one more caveat. I think if they can get, Forty to fifty games out of their starting five all together. Yes, and then, we, and then we can get an established view on really what the players are together and whether it works or not. That would be actually more success than any amount of wins. Five hundred
1: like, minutes. That's perfect. Okay.
0: Because so, like I think we need to like really like we every year it's a page of pushing. Oh well, parents bonus. We don't know if it works because of this reason, next reason, X Y Z, whatever. Right? Uh, if we can get like like a full healthy starting five for a little while, we can like. I think finally, like at least settle that. The problem will be maybe they're so close that it's like you can't settle it, but at least you can kind of get an idea of like, can this work or will it not work? And here's the definitive: we've seen it for a season, we've seen it in the playoffs bully, it's not gonna work or it is gonna work, and let's go on from there.
1: Elias Paynos says, Who do you think will have a better season overall? Sabonis or Karis Levert? That's a great question, but I was pretty quick thinking about this one. I think it's gonna be Sabonis, right? Like Two-time All-Star, he's been getting better every year. I understand that a system change to something more spread out and read and react could help guards quite a bit, but I also feel like helps him. Um, so I was going to say, Sabonis reads the game very quickly. He'll be involved in a lot of actions as a great screener and guy who can do positive things with touches. You know, I don't think he'll get as many touches as last year, but I still think that he will have a better season. You know, I think he's a better
0: player. So that's that's the simple, the short of it is that I think he's a little bit better of a player. So I think Sabonis. Yeah, do we think Sabonis could be a 25-point-a-game guy next year? No. 23? That's maybe like the apex of what I think. So, so here's the thing. Last year in a year where he was the center point, he still only took about one more shot than the year before. Um, so I think he actually might get the same amount of shots. I assume a three-point shot will get a little bit better because I just think it's going to get better each year as he takes more than practice it, more like he shot 32% on about two and a half attempts last year. So could he shoot 35 on three attempts? That that seems kind of reasonable. Um, I think he could, he could be like in for like a 23 and 14 year. Now. Oh, I don't know. How. Wow. I mean, I think he could no be, way he's
1: going to play 36 minutes a game this coming year.
0: No, but I'm not sure. He no can way. Judge. I think he can get the same amount of shots in 33 minutes. I mean, in some way, wow. just because be surprising he's surprising like, to me, you think, I just think, I, I mean, mean his shots more, per minute barely went up last year. He just played more. Is that what I mean? But I think it could be much more efficient. Right. So like, he could definitely be a 30% or 35, thirty-point three-point shooter. That's an extra what point, right? If he does that from three attempts, you can see like if he's just uh 0.3% better. If he's a and league then, average three point shooter, he will definitely be having a better season than Karras. Yeah. And then I think if I'd say he takes 14 and a half shots again, I mean, last year was probably going to, I mean, based on the offense was this worst year from the, from the, from the two point range. I think he could have a better year. Um, he'd go back. I guess he had, a, it was close to his, uh, 2019, 2018, 19 season, but like I think he could be at that level, and if he has both those things intact, he that could that's probably 22 or 23 points just right there. Yeah, that would be a lot of usage for him because uh, I think his minutes will not be at 36 again, probably closer to 34. But I yeah, it's possible. Maybe. I just think, I think he's just due for, I just think he's going to be 25, already two-time all-star. He clearly is each year, like you watch his stats, gets better and better. Last year was maybe a little more of a plateau than we've seen for him, but he still was still a little bit better than the year before. Just look at his passing, right? He went from five assists to nearly seven, right? That's that's an improvement. Like, I just think he could be, we could just see him like slowly improving and it could finally come together at like 25, which is kind of that first, usually peak year for a player anyways at that age.
1: The case for Karras lies in his last 10-ish games with the team last year. Um, And I, you know, if Warren was back, you would say, yeah, that's not reasonable again. But Brogdon is back, and that will hurt that a little bit. Turner will come back. Um, So he won't get that quite that volume to get up to the 26 points over the last 10 games threshold. So I think he could have a nice season. Like, like he averaged 21 points per game for the Pacers last year. You know, that's nothing to shrug at. But I think Sabonis does more in totality, and that's why I'm picking him. Even though Karras can probably,
0: you know, average better passing stats next year. will be about the same level of score. Yeah. I mean, I, I think Harris probably have a good year too. I, I think if we're talking about like maybe the question, maybe we shouldn't spoil it, but like we're talking about like players who will probably improve the last versus less kind of like plateau or go down. I think Brogdon's a pretty good case to, you know, drop down in points per game a little bit in the guy, but Levert and Spones are probably to be like at par or, or better next year.
1: Uh, Indiana Payne sirs asks a question. That's answer has changed given recent news. He says he or she says, say TJ Warren, Makes no step forward from his non-bubble self, the 19 points per game guy they had who played solid defense, but also doesn't regress, uh, which is, I guess, plausible. You know, he comes back from injury and plays at that level again. I mean, he'll probably be a little worse, but maybe when he's fully healthy, he can be that guy again. How much do you expect him to make? And is it worth it for the Pacers? So his health, if he had played most of the season, he could have gotten a lot more. But I think the length of this foot injury probably hurts his value a bit, but I still think he could get like. Four for eighty or ninety, right? That doesn't seem crazy to me. Yeah, I was
0: thinking 20 to 25 million. So that's right in that range. Um I mean, if he comes out so if he plays at that level in the bad market, could he get more because the market is so bad? Like what did Tim Hardaway get? Again, he could
1: be a top five free agent next year. What did Tim Hardaway get? I'll get a bunch of money. Tim Hardaway got about twenty-three million, I think. Right. And he was probably that's probably about
0: the level he was at, right? Was he better? Yeah, slightly slightly better. Uh, Tim I Hardaway guess. got four for seventy five, actually. So just Oh, 15, okay. Like, so I mean, that to me, that's kind of probably that's the low end. It's probably the low end of TJ Warren's orange market. So that's yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I think he's a better defender than Hardaway, but right. health
0: really hurts that. So that's actually a pretty good. Maybe I'm a little overestimating. Hardly Har- Har- got four for seventy five, though, right? Not three. Correct. Okay, just because that defense,
1: that big... the defense is the swing here. Uh, so maybe I'm a little estimating high there, but again, he could be a top five for here. Is it worth it for the Pacers? I mean. If he's yeah. that good and and he shows, if he plays sixty games and is that good next year, yes. If he plays forty to fifty games and is that good next year,
0: maybe, maybe. Uh I think you got to pay it because what's your alternative?
1: Right, they're over the cap. They they the bird rights trap. They they can't keep them any other way.
0: Well, and it's like even like they haven't had a good small forward since Paul George, right? I mean, Boeing was a shooting guard, I consider it. Right? So, uh, no, I think Bowen was a three. Okay, then he? I thought he played. I guess yeah. You're right, Collison believe but then him but he played like they haven't a bonding like did he guard other i guess he did guard of the threes too but i, I guess i feel I like warren's more three. like yeah you're probably right but i mean I, I think warren is in the mold of a more traditional three than bullion i guess Bowen plays, Does he play does he play two for the for the jazz sometimes no they start uh conley hey, and okay. uh okay so i guess is bowling on better or on the same level t j warren or different just no he's you know. below he's below t j warn well when I'm, healthy but he plays yeah, always healthy yeah, i say Bowen's healthy. He might be deep.
1: slightly, 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 slightly better on offense. Not very much, but Warren's definitely a better – well, was, is healthier, a better defender. So
0: Yeah, and it feels like Warren's a higher ceiling, right? I think we yeah. know what Bowen is. I think there's always this thought that Warren can be just a little bit better. <laughs> so
1: let's get to more questions, but first – Let's talk about DirecTV because this is how I am, at least. You've got one device that helps you catch the game live. For me, that's my TV. Another that lets you stream your favorite shows. That's my computer. You watch sports highlights on your phone. I do that. And you've got your neighbor's best friend's logging for the good stuff. Actually, it's my parents. But I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle. And a great way to finally get your TV all together in one place. It's called DirecTV Stream, which brings your live TV on-demand favorites together like you've never seen, like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports movies and shows all in one place. That means. No more juggling remotes. You don't have to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. Get rid of the clutter, get rid of the confusion, and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible, device required, content varies by package. All right, AJ Reese is here with his his classic three questions in one tweeter. But I appreciate that because we're here to answer questions today. So AJ Reese, NBA, first one. Favorite non-pacers person who provides good NBA content text slash video. Okay. My favorite person to read slash listen to just because they, this person thinks about every aspect of basketball, right? The appearance of jerseys, how courts look, how players fit, how coaches fit, how people are, how the game is played, really good at breaking down what's going on. Well-sourced reporter, that's Zach Lowe. I think Zach Lowe is fantastic at his job.
0: Yeah, I would agree with you. Um, I think I like I like Rosillo My Rosillo's basketball takes the most. I just find it is probably the most interesting. But yeah, I would agree with you.
1: Nikaias Duncan is fantastic. Uh, if you're into NBA Twitter, he writes for Basketball News. Uh, awesome content. Again, loves the game, loves all aspects of the game. There's quite a few I could go on for a long time. But those are two of my faves.
0: I read most stuff that they both put out. Um, so, yeah. I mean, yeah, Kevin O'Connor is really good, too. Yes, yes. I like him a lot. I mean, I'm a big, I'm a sucker for the Ringer just because I liked Gretland back in the day. Um, if we're throwing out some like random meme accounts, uh, Marina says NBA Paint is her favorite. Like <laughs> random, just because it's just kind of a funny NBA account. Um, I would agree with her. It's pretty funny. Yeah, that's just a, if you're looking for just a fun NBA account. Um, I think what makes the NBA kind of fun is there's like a combination of like we have different reports, right? There's like your information hawks that are like Sham and Woj. And you know, like, there's like your breakdown people who are probably like. Kevin O'Connor, Zach Lowe. And there's like kind of like the next level of like, like hot take people. It's probably like Bill Simmons and Ryan Rossillo And then there's like the random, like celebrity culture slash, like just like funny pieces of NBA stuff. So it's a, it's a, yeah. it's a fun, it's a lot of, a lot of diverse content. It's a lot of different groups come together to make the NBA what it is. And that's why I like it the most. Of I sport.
1: read most athletic beat writers anyway. So yeah. I, mean, I, I could go like 50 people deep on people. I read basically all the time. Yozy Goslin is the, um, the cap expert for hoops hype. And I, I, he's one of the few people I talk to like all the time about NBA stuff. Uh, I, I generally avoid like random one-on-one conversations with people, but I, I very much enjoy talking to him and all the lockdown hosts. Of course uh, we have them on the show all the time for good reason. Uh, two, this one's more for me, Adam, but you're allowed to answer if you think you're going to be. Are you going to be in person more for Pacers interviews or still Zoom this coming season? Good question. Too early to say we haven't gotten too much detail on media day yet or anything like that. But uh, let me call it to my own experiences here. The WNBA uh, has recently scaled back their protocols a little bit and we're allowed to interview players on the sidelines and stuff like before the game during shoot-arounds and stuff. It's the first non-Zoom interviews I've done in forever, it feels like. Basically, outside of talking to the two rookies, Chad Buchanan, Carlisle, and Pritchard, at the introductory press conference. I mean, everything's been in Zoom, right? But those introductory press conferences were also in-person. So I think that there will be some in-person stuff, but I'm not sure about like locker room access and all that yet because there's still a lot of vaccination rules uh, coming out about who has access and stuff. So maybe we'll be allowed to be closer to the court, like for warmups and stuff, but not like in the locker room and such.
0: We'll say so somebody who, whose day job is reporting, not sports, but just anything in person is like the bomb. I mean, it's just like, yes, it's so, so much, much more you can that. accomplish in person in like an hour than you can on zoom for like, yes, unbelievably. I mean, Tony even says like, he's been able to talk to certain people in the patronage just because he's able to like walk up to them and corner them basically. Yep, not corner like, them. Like, that makes me seem. Aggressive. No, but like you talked to them <laughs> in a corner of the hallway which is like you would just <laughs> yes. walk up to them, right? I mean, I know there's somebody you talked, you told me I'm telling them, but telling about on or like also you get more of the raw motion, like Tony will say with a fever sometimes. Like it's that yep. being in person is is just better, so um, much better.
1: So I think that there will be some more, and maybe the lock like the other thing about the locker room is you're within six feet a lot, and it's not a big room, yeah. right? So you know, I think that protocol wise, that could be tricky to have a lot of reporters in there. So maybe it's just like I think the NFL said something like just team riders are allowed in or something like that maybe it'll be like yeah no, there's, just,
0: there, there's totally fair to be some rules to make people safe right whether it's yeah. whether you can't go in the right, locker right. room but there's a set room that's more space and you can only so many people come in in a rotation or whatever whatever yep. they have to do to make it safe of course Whether they're vaccine proof whatever it is but it's just like there's definitely um you definitely better be in person if you can
1: the last one here is you have to play 18 holes of golf with any two pacers who are you going with and why a thousand dollars on the line i'm assuming he means i'm playing with you we have to oh beat God! Well we, well, we lost the money, Tony. So yeah, let's lost just. five hundred each right now. We lost. Um, I shot. I played golf a weekend ago, and I shot a one twenty seven. So for those of you who know how to golf, you know that that is obscenely I don't even bad.
0: Keep score when I golfed them so bad. bad.
1: But to any two Pacers, that is a fascinating question because there are a lot of guys who would be interesting. Go Go would be super fun. He's just fun all the time to talk to. I don't think he'd be good at golf too, which would make it a little more fun for Adam and I, um, but honestly, there's not like any personalities on the team that I don't think would be that fun. And I think some like Doug McDermott would have been my first answer. Cause he's actually like very good at golf, but he's McConnell plays golf me. too, right? McConnell does play a little bit. Yes. We saw that video of Justin holiday and Aaron playing on his vlog uh, when he was doing that in the bubble. So I, Justin holiday'd be one. I think he'd be, Fun to talk to, good at the sport, good guy to golf with. So Justin Holiday is one of my answers.
0: So I'll I'll, I'll pick my attention because I just want to when you play golf, the other part of you, you get to just talk to guys. And that's like kind of the more fun part of it, is like yes, hanging out. And I think picking Malcolm Broadson and, and uh Miles Turner's brains would be the best. Just because yeah. I think I think I mean, just basketball-wise, the way Turner sees the game, I think is a really interesting way because the way he plays is so like unique and takes so much like thought process to play the way he plays that it'd be fun to see how he sees the game and like you know, like how he how he like term- terms when to react and when not to react, with that, and Brogden, I think just as like a human being is super interesting and could just is very like um like worldly and be good to talk to you about all kinds of stuff.
1: Those, those are good answers as well. I mean, there's not really any bad answers here, but but in terms of fun value. Uh, Goga is going to be one of my two as well, but that said, we're losing 500 each either way. So
0: that's unfortunate. Yeah. I mean, I, am terrible at golf. So yes. Totally. Can we
1: get Doug McDermott to like play two holes
0: for us? Then we could maybe have a chance. I don't know. what. I don't know. I'd probably still shoot like a 15 on every hole. So, <laughs>
1: uh, Indy sports fan 65 says, what are Rick Carlisle's best attributes as a coach? How will they impact the team? Which players will benefit the most? Well, his best attributes You know, the thing that came to my head first when I read this question, something that I consider a good attribute, may not necessarily be a good attribute for every player. So maybe it isn't his best attribute, but the way he communicates, no nonsense, straight to the point, tell it like it is. You know, I heard some of the old coaches, um, I say plural because I don't want it to be exactly clear what I'm talking about here. But, you know, there was some talk that like old regimes kind of didn't get right to the point. They kind of talked around it or weren't exactly telling you what they were trying to say. Uh, And so that, you know, Carlisle will go right to it. No problem there. Uh, And I think any player who's like on the fringe of the rotation or is going to have their role change often will appreciate that. They'll know what is expected from them on a given game. Right. We've heard from several players like Goga, who's like, it's easier for me to be ready for a game when I know I'm going to play it, when I'm going to come in, when I don't know that. And it's just random. It's a little harder you know, to have the same level of focus. So who will benefit the most those players to me, but honestly anybody with a big role would benefit from that a little bit. And then he's also just, he's a good tactician, right? That benefits everybody. We've heard that from like the fact that he can get these Mavs teams to push the Clippers to the brink, despite having Luca and a bunch of guys who, you know, they ha- they have to run specific stuff or very specifically set up for them to be impactful and they can still be an awesome team. I think he's good at even in the playoffs, getting guys, getting the most out of guys, which could help everybody
0: yeah i i think i would go with that as a top quality it's the fact that it's x's and o's and out of time mouth and stuff like that is probably just it's probably better than any pacer coach of the lat till i mean Vogels is pretty good too so probably it's on his level it's probably slightly better um even we saw back when he coached pitcher the first round he just got a really good feel for like understanding players and like putting them in the right spots to the right schemes um you know he's really m- malleable in that way uh, and i think that will probably benefit like like you said, the entire team a bonus a lot, I think will and Brogdon will benefit for the most because they're probably the most cerebral of the of the players who will have the ball in their hands a lot. But yeah, that's, I think that's Carlisle's best quality.
1: Yeah, and um you know, compared to the last coaching staff with Bjorkren, who was trying to be very creative, you know, maybe Carlisle can be creative, but I think he knows more about having just a base stuff. You know, I mean, I think I've over talked about that this offseason, like I've said it too much in conversations about this team, but they just didn't have a base defense. They, they they were crazy on that, and sometimes I think just having normal stuff that other teams run will help them a lot as well.
0: Yeah, I would agree with you
1: 100%. So let's do a few more before we get out of here today, and if you don't hear your question today, I promise it will be tomorrow. I screenshotted all of them, but first let's talk about two awesome groups of people, and you know who they are. The first one, of course, the great folks over at Bill Bar, they are making the best tasting protein bars ever, 100% covered in chocolate. And so many people who have tried them, who listen to the show, tweet at me and say, wow, these are delicious. And they buy more because they're awesome. They have something for everybody. They have so many delicious flavors. Their current mixed package has nine of their most popular flavors. Adam and I both love the peanut butter brownie one, double chocolates in there right now, mint brownies in it right now, cookies and creams in it right now. You got to try them. Uh, Not only are they really tasty, but they're healthy too, right? 17 to 18 grams of protein, Calories between 130 and 180, only four to five grams of sugar, only four to five grams of net carbs. You know, a nice meal if you're at work and you're doing small meals at work could be a good snack at various times of the day. They're the official protein bar of the US track and field team as well. So you should try them out. Also, go to built.com, use the promo code locked15, and you'll get 15% off your order. That promo code again is locked15 for 15% off at built.com. And we're also, of course, Talking about the great folks over at BetOnline.ag. If you're listening on Thursday, football is back today. College, excuse me, NFL football is back today. College football started this weekend. Although as an IU graduate, we do not talk about college football starting this weekend. BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college acts in this season. You can get all the updated odds, props, and contests over there, including their bag, their biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest two hundred thousand dollar NFL Survivor contest. Open now at BetOnline. Head over to the website. Use your mobile device, however you want to do it. Sign up today. You'll receive a 100% welcome bonus when you sign up. You got to use the promo code locked on when you create your account. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on Thursday, September 9th. That's today, the season opener between the Super Bowl champion Bucks and the Cowboys. If you lose your wager, it will be refunded up to $25. You got to sign up and use the promo code NFL100 for that. Again, betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Sign up today. Promo code is locked on. Okay, Adam, three more Questions for today's show. We'll start off with one from at Sumner and Burner, whose account is Edmund Sumner Burner. If this is actually Edmund Sumner, wow, he's going to be disappointed in our answers here. He says, What do you think the Pacers seed and record will be? Well, Mr. Sumner Burner, if you go back to last Friday's show, we went through the schedule one game at a time to try to deduce what the Pacers' record will be this coming season. You know, they have some tough back to backs, they have some tough stretches that make you know, games they might win, losable. Their over unders in Vegas are about low 40s, like 42.5, 43.5, 41.5, depending on the sports book. Adam had them at 43 wins. I had him at 41. you have a seed estimate for that win total, Adam?
0: Uh, it's been the six or seven seed most years, right?
1: Yeah, a, the six to eight range. You know, the East is pretty good next year. So all these teams are going to beat each other up. So it, it's unclear exactly where that ends up, but about six to eight makes sense to me as well. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with you. I, I would. I'd probably put them more well, Maybe to be the 18th and the seed, but yeah. I agree. I agree. Health, health dependent for a lot of that, right? If they're, if Warren comes back and then they're healthy for a lot of the year, they're more likely to get six. If Warren misses a lot of time and some other starters get hurt, maybe they'll be closer to eight or nine. You know, they were, they were nine last year with really bad health. So it's reasonable to assume that with a better coach and better health, they can be higher than that. But the East also is better, right? So it's gonna to be tough, but that is you know about where we had them. If you want to hear the game by game breakdown, which is a little much, uh, even even will admit that, but it does kind of help contextualize the schedule and why the Pacers' record could be what it is. Again, last Friday's show is the place for you. Indiana Pacers with two heart emojis at Indy Pacers NBA says. I know you can't predict this, but do you feel that the Pacers and Carlisle will do something to avoid injuries? So my my broad answer is. Every coach and organization tries to avoid injuries, obviously. So I'm assuming this is like what specifically can the Pacers do or differently than they did in the past to avoid injuries. Uh, and they, you know, despite all the jokes about like, wow, their training staff must suck because all these guys get hurt. A lot of people who analyze injuries, I'm mostly talking about Jeff Stotts of InjuryClosed.com, was a lot of great public data about NBA injuries, really applauds the Pacers training staff, right? They do have a lot of injury prone players for certain, but, you know, that was the all-star game injury staff uh, three seasons ago now. I can't remember. exactly. LeBron's last season with the Cavs, right? And they're they're well-regarded around the league, right? So what can they do differently? Bjorkren always talked about, you know, he gave guys heavy minutes, but he said they were okay with it. And our plan for that is, you know, they have easier practices or less practices so that their total workload is similar to if they were playing fewer minutes. And they got hurt a lot more last year than in normal years. And some of that was because there were more back-to-backs and some of that was because those are reduced off-season. But, that plan didn't feel like it was working on the fly, but there are also another, a lot of other factors at play. So to me, the the something that every coach does differently is that workload management stuff. McMillan was over the not over the top, but on the strong side of practicing. So how Carlisle strikes that balance
0: could be playing a big factor in injuries this year. Yeah, I mean, are they any more injury prone than like the average team? I think a lot of teams have injuries, like a lot of them. Just, um, you just you feel yeah, with your I own just think team the roster or, they have is right. Yeah, but I feel like with your own team, you feel like you're so injury-prone, but I feel like every team has three <laughs> to five injuries of, of their top nine a year. Like, not like maybe one major, but guys in a significant period of time, right? I mean, like, I don't know. I mean, I'm like, I, one thing about, like, go, go I think Levert Warren and Brogdon, though, like, guys who miss like, 20 yeah, but games like, a year. but, like, think about the Blazers last year, right? Just cool. to bring up on, like, McCollum missed, broke his hand or wrist, right, mid-year and missed eight weeks or ten weeks, right? And that was their second-best player. Like, that happened yeah, to the Pacers, as too. well. Um, they had a bunch of guys who got hurt. I mean, like, it, like Little didn't get hurt. Like, I guess some of the superstars don't necessarily get like really badly hurt. But I feel like a lot of teams have have a, have injuries. Like, I'm not sure it's out of the norm. And I, I think have
1: injuries, sure, but injury-prone players where it, it hits the pattern of like this is a thing, or like you know because you're healing so much it causes you to favor other stuff. Like that's a thing.
0: Yeah, and also sometimes there's just like freak injuries, right? Yes, that we there are, are. Yeah. or like weird moments where guys get hurt, right? Like a lot of times, like look like a player like Sabonis, who every miss is probably like ten games, right? I mean, it's just because he spends so much time around the rim, rebounding the ball, diving for balls that eventually he's just gonna get hurt. Like it's just kind of the way like it works in a full year. You expect him. Same thing with Turner, right? He takes so much contact that you at some point he's just gonna miss five games for something, right? He's gonna get he's gonna hit his hand wrong, get something against somebody's wrist or somebody's body or against the rim or whatever, right? So it's it's not I don't know. I, I feel like it's just some of it is just like natural wear wear and tear, and we really haven't seen like. We've seen two major injuries, right? The past year, like debilitating ones. We've seen the the knee tear in lamb, and we've seen the, the old depot thing, right? But I wonder if you look at other teams that have had like season season ending injuries. I'm not sure that's like out of the norm for two players in a four-year span of season ending injuries of that kind. Gets warned as well, right? That one too. I was gonna say you're forgetting a, a huge one that just got updated. No, you're right. But like okay. right, like so in since we started this podcast, there's been three mate season injuries, right? I mean, I, I must have some back guys we're not thinking of in the bench. Like well, Sabon- Sabonis missed all the bubble in the playoffs. Does that count as that's season not three? season ending? To me, it's where you're like literally going to be out for. I mean, a he year. missed months. He just it was just the timing made it not seem that way. But like he played by December, so it really, and he got hurt in July, right? You got hurt right at the right. That was a thought. Correct. So five months. I'm talking about like what's called a year long in injury, right? Oh, no. well, I right. that that's not really a team thing. Sure. Most of those are not anything the team. But does. I'm saying like, that's not that, like, I think if you take, they've been three, I can think of since we started this podcast and that's a probably most who had that same amount of number. Right? That's what I mean by like, I don't think that's, that's what the question is about
1: when I interpreted it myself, at least is like more like the, the, maybe not preventable, no injury is necessarily like preventable, but just what can they do for their normal wear and tear guys to not have those situations stopped it.
0: I mean, that's just minutes load at the end of the day, right? I said I think there's when you play guys so many minutes, it's bound to happen. So it's just keeping the minutes load to a point where they can, like it's the Chris Paul thing, right? Chris Paul plays 28 minutes a game for he can easily do, but he moving to 34 and he's bound to get hurt eventually because he only has so many minutes on his body per year. And it's similar to every player, really. But the, the other the
1: hard. other trouble with minutes loads and injuries and stuff is it's literally different for every player, right? It's an evolving science, obviously, right. but it's it's so hard. Because you're a team, you're going to do mostly stuff on the same schedules, but like that, that's not going to be the perfect schedule for everybody. It could be perfect for this guy or that guy, but you know, it's impossible to have a, a blanket. Right. We have 17 guys, they are all on the same schedule kind of thing. So it's hard. And then some maybe some coaches are better than others. I haven't read a really good story on that yet, but um, really? I'd be curious how Carlisle handles it compared to Bjork and McMillan, who are. Very different on that spectrum.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think it's fair to say that like Turner and Brogdon both need to play, um, when he's like 20 to 30 minutes, right. We're supposed probably play playing 32, just because I think they're, they're a little more, there's a load that they need to put to be a little bit load managed a little better versus right. Versus like Sabonis and probably Laverne can play a lot more minutes.
1: Yes. Uh, maybe not so much Levert. He was at 33, but, um, yeah. So we'll see. Last one for today, Matt Beckham at fake Matt Beckham says if the Pacers were to land Simmons, would Turner or Sabonis pair better with him? This is an interesting one. Intuition, which is never the greatest way to answer any question, just says Miles Turner because Turner shooting would help Simmons have more open lanes. One of the problems problems is the wrong word because the Sixers have been awesome the last three seasons. Right, hold on, Tony. Sorry. Oh,
0: Sorry,
1: guys. Our podcast is fire. Uh, hopefully, that ends quickly so I don't have to cut that out because that was very funny. I hope that didn't hurt your ears too much. Um, but yeah, you know, intuition for me says Miles Turner just because he can space the floor. Simmons can attack the paint better, and like I was saying in Philly, you know, Simmons or Embiid, excuse me, he shot threes and he could stretch it out, which helped Simmons. But you know, there was some reluctance there, and he's kind of talked about that he likes being a post player more. So. I think that intuition, or like just because of that, I would say Turner on on offense and on defense, their fit together would just be unbelievable. Like that would be one of the top five defenses in the league just by having those two guys in the, on the court together. But I think that's kind of discounting the way that, Sim, that Sabonis and Simmons can fit together. I mean, their DHO game together would be ridiculous. They could pass open basically any pace here at any time and their shooting limitations would really hurt. Like you could never play McConnell with those two. I don't know why you'd want to anyway. Um, so there, there would definitely be some offensive... Wrinkles that would be tough, but I don't think that it, it's it's so lazy to me to say oh you know they can't shoot they don't fit like that's dumb right teams get away with not having two shooters all the time and their defense would still be good with those two on the floor and I think their offensive IQ and defensive IQ really uh, could allow them to be just as good as the other duo you know I think I'm, that the, I'm, that's I'm the bad. more okay that's the more talented duo uh, don't worry Adam I've talked my way through this whole answer. I think that'd be the more talented duo, but maybe the worst fitting duo. So I'm curious how you feel about Simmons with Turner or Simmons with Sabonis.
0: Um, yeah, I think Simmons fit with the Pacers is only good. If you make a multiple moves, right? I mean, I think that's, I think he doesn't fit with the two centers, I think, but like, if you're talking about him being part of a bigger move to build around, basically two players, you, know, you can pick those two players. That's where it makes sense the most, but yeah. it's not, it, 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 it's sort of a long-term move, right? It's like, He's got a four-year contract, trade for him now. Your goal is maybe a year or two from now to be in position to, to, to dominate, right? Or to be good, not dominate, but to be good enough to make like a conference finals with that kind of level. Because he's that kind of player. You're trading that kind of player. You want to be able to make a conference finals within like three years. But I don't think it's like necessarily a move you can make, like expect it to work out this year to make the move like in December, let's say.
1: I agree with that. Do you, uh, I know your apartment was, was up in flames, so you didn't... Nail, nail the question here, but between Sabonis and Turner, who do you think Simmons would fit better with,
0: was the question. Oh, see? That's why I... That's why... I, well, whatever. Uh, that's okay. You added extra context that is still valuable to this discussion. Definitely Sabonis, by far. Um, Ooh. I think, I think Sabonis and him are just really good players, and I think that's... They are. Like, they are. That's like you put two players who can be really talented on the same roster. And I think you make it work. I know it gets harder than beat, but I think Turner Sabonis plays more of a kind of stretch way where and be put at, at, the basket where Sabonis can play, not at the basket and can still be really good. where Turner still like can play on the hoop, but then he's so limited. He's really going to be like a role player next to Sabonis, for next to Simmons where Sabonis could be like a co-equal in some ways.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, I think that, they, like I said, they would fit well together. They're both so like smart and good at setting up their teammates that, you know, it's harder for that to be bad unless Sabonis is too deep in the paint. Um, but you know, I think that the the the
0: Simmons the Simmons Turner fit is just magnificent. I think that would go
1: very well together. But that's a good question, and I,
0: I don't is think that, it fits... so. That my problem is that's a limited ceiling, right? Where I think like Sabonis and Simmons, like there's a chance. Well, oh, I think there's a higher ceiling there
1: because just because of what you can put around them is a, like yeah, you I mean, cannot put McConnell. With Simmons and Sabonis, you can put
0: McConnell with Simmons and Turner, to me at least. Yeah, but you've gotta how are you getting that like superstar? Right? Because Ben I Simmons it, is the
1: superstar. Yeah, but he he clearly
0: a- needs another guy to be the offensive load carrier.
1: Okay. Karis, right? Brogdon. I mean, I'm assuming they'd be in Simmons trades. Yeah, I-
0: that's what I mean. Like at this point, I assume that the trade is 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 Brogdon and Karis. That's why I'm like in my mind. That's what I'm thinking, like, you gotta basically got to pick one of the centers, and I think Sabonis has a better chance to be the kind of guy who likes like be the, the 1A of that pairing or the 1B to it, I guess. Where, like, Turner and him, I think you still have to figure out the rest of the pieces, but then maybe you flip Sabonis for a real piece, so you could figure it out, I guess.
1: Yeah, there'd be a lot of options if you get a superstar under could contract. You, for four hold
0: years. on. I mean, this is just kind of going, like, a little deeper. Could you trade Sabonis a column and then make the, the Karis and Brogdon for Simmons, and that could be your kind of your three? Could that be good enough?
1: Simmons from McCollum seems like bad value for or excuse me, Sabonis from McCollum seems like bad value for Sabonis. Am I
0: crazy? Yeah, but if you're thinking about that you need to get rid of one of the centers, and that's like is that the I mean, like you love to do Sabonis for Beal, but that feels like too much in the other way, right? Way too much. Right. The gap between Beal and McCollum is pretty large. Yeah, I know. So like, but like then you've got the offensive load carry because McCollum, I mean, can do it in some ways. Like maybe not like all the time, but like in a big moment he can. I don't know. Simmons point guard still really good can he reach seven and Turner makes you kind of have one of the better defenses I don't know I think that I think you, you're right you're losing some value but I think you're gaining value and not having a misfit lineup I guess
1: I suppose I suppose I would never play both centers with Simmons I just
0: don't don't make but a then, downgrading Then why have both centers then right that's the thing because you don't have Ben Simmons on your team oh no 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 I mean if Simmons is on your team yeah. You should never
1: have both centers with Simmons. I don't think. Yeah. Okay. Is.
0: Okay. I thought you were saying like you wouldn't plan together. I oh no, no, numbers. You
1: should. I gotcha.
0: Yeah, gotcha. Yeah.
1: Extract value from them and use that value to land Simmons would be my strategy. Um, but that is not related to this question. So thank you all. The eight of you that we answered today, four submitting questions, the remaining again, will be answered tomorrow. We promise. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Sorry for Adam's apartment meltdown. Literally. Happening at the end of the show, but I thought I saved that one pretty well. We'll be back tomorrow. You can follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown Pacers. You can follow me at T East NBA, Adam at FreeBand 5. See you tomorrow to answer more questions. And until then, have a good one.